0: WHCR ninety point three FM, New York. I
1: ain't talking about rich. I'm rich. talking about wealth, wealth, wealth. You are
0: now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right. Dollar, dollar.
1: Happy Sunday, my great people of extraordinary excellence. Welcome to another opportunity to do it better than ever before. Today's Daily Word is dedicated to having no worry and living stress-free. Fear and faith can never occupy the same space. It's like oil and water. Those who truly believe in their power to change their circumstances know the waste that worry produces If your mind is right, then know that everything will work out in your favor. Your job is not to know how, so even if things might not look like they're going your way, believe that there is a force behind the scenes that make miracles happen. All the stress, anxiety, and worry you are allowing in your life is for nothing. Stay focused, be patient, and keep moving in the direction of your dreams. Stop giving permanent energy to temporary things. The life of your dreams is right around the corner. You'll be astonished at the blessings that are coming if you simply allow them to come. Have faith, keep working, and live stress-free. I'll leave you with a couple of quotes. The first one's by Leo Bosquilaglia, and it says, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. Next quote. By Glenn Turner, and it says, Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. And last but not least, by Steve Maraboli, and it says, How would your life be different if you stopped worrying about things you can't control and started focusing on the things you can? Let today be the day you free yourself from fruitless worry, seize the day, and take effective action on the things you can change. So today's Daily Word is about stress, having a stress-free life, understanding that if you have to worry about something, then you are in the wrong space because the things that you can change, you might as well change them. And if you can't change them, then why worry about it? Fear and faith, they cannot live in the same space Um, and as it relates to finances when we think about our finances a lot of us are worrying about our finances a lot of us are worrying about you know how we're going to pay certain bills or just things that that come with finance but what we have to realize is that if you have the opportunity or if you're in a space to change your situation then you you should change it if you're not in a space to change your situation, which I believe you always have an option, you're always able uh, to change your situation. But if you if you don't have that space, but by worrying about your issues, worrying about finances, then you are in the wrong space and you're taking away your power to to be at, to actually be able uh, to, to change it. So uh, we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to be talking to a life coach, a psychotherapist, someone who's going to talk about the psychology of money. Um, so we're going to take a quick music break. Uh, and when we and when we come back, we will be you know talking to uh, an awesome guest somebody who's gonna help us change our thought process this is the the ash cash show mr my right money right but we got someone who's licensed to talk about you know our our thought process and, and and the psychology of money so we'll be back this is the ash cash show with ash cash and mr shima jones you are now tuned in to the ash cash
0: show your number one source for financial motivation get your mind and your money, right? We are
1: back, the Ash Cash Show every Sunday, 1 p.m. WHCR 90.3 FM New York, the voice of Harlem with Ash Cash and Mr. Shima Jones. Miss yes. Jones in the building. <laughs> So, so we have a new segment of yes, the show called do. Brand New Money. Brand
2: New Money. Brand
1: All right, so brand talk to us. What's, what's, what's on the agenda brand for Brand New Money?
2: Okay, well, today we're actually going to talk about some back-to-school stuff. I know I'm gearing up with Justice to get him out the door on Wednesday morning. And we wanted to talk about some scholarships. On blacknews.com, actually, there's an article featuring the top 10 back-to-school scholarships for black and minority students. And um, there's a plethora of ways that we can get funds for our education, we have the Tom Joinup Foundation Full Ride Scholarship, the Ron Brown Scholarship Program. Coca-Cola even has a scholars program. Apple for HBCU scholarship programs are actually available, along with Amazon student scholarship Gates Millennium Scholars Program. There's so many more. You can definitely check that out on blacknews.com.
1: And that's a great segue (laughs) because there was actually an article on there as well of a young girl who, because of lack of financial aid, she's not able to go to college. So she's actually started to do like a a GoFundMe campaign to, to raise funds for her to go to college. And The scholarships and grants that are available, there are a lot of them available, but a lot of times folks don't know that they're available. Um, So it's important that that we look into them because when you think about loans, when you think about, not not loans, when you think about grants and scholarships, those are things that you don't have to pay back. Mm -hmm. When you take out a a, a student loan, you you have to pay those back. So it's important that that we take care or we take advantage of Scholarships and, and I've actually
2: nice. um, benefited from scholarships going to, to uh, undergrad. I received a lottery scholarship. Nice. I received um, a UFT scholarship. And these were all things that my teachers actually um, brought to my attention, signed me up for without me even knowing. Mm. There's another story. This one girl, you know, her mom told her early on. I am unable to provide for your college education. You have to start early. She not only raised enough funds to to cover her for four years, she had money left over to purchase a car and to live off campus. Wow. Um, She started very, very early, and then she went back and actually started a scholarship program to teach people how to locate these funds. I'll definitely look into getting that information for everyone. Nice. The money is there. Nice. The money is there. And and it's
1: all all about a mindset, right, that a lot of times people say, hey, I'm not going to college. I'm not going to school because of the, I don't want to take out loans mm-hmm. But it's the mindset So who better to talk about the psychology of money Than our certified life coach Licensed psychotherapist So Miss Asha Terry She has 15 years of experience in social services uh, The work she provides as a life coach Is based on the philosophy That we all need each other to grow and develop as human beings Asha's unique approach to life coaching is based on an innate concern she has for others. As a psychotherapist, Asha has provided counseling to hundreds of clients, including individuals, corporations, and small businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Ms. Asha Talley. Mm -hmm. How are you, Ms. Asha? Am I saying
2: your name right? You're saying you're right.
3: Okay, perfect,
1: perfect, perfect. How are you doing today? I'm
2: great. How are you guys doing?
1: Pretty good. Wow,
2: happy for you to be here with us. I'm excited about today.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. So, Let's let's jump right in. So yes. give us a little bit about you, about your profession. Where did the story start for Ms. Asha Tari?
3: Well, it started originally in Brooklyn, New York.
1: Brooklyn? That's,
3: that's where I was raised, and uh, that's where I've returned. And I had a little time away as well. I lived in Maryland for a good portion of my growing up too. But now that I'm back in New York and I'm doing life coaching and psychotherapy, I've been in the industry, like you said, for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I've been advising and counseling people from all ages, really, young kids, adolescents, um, families, and talking about the prosperity of money, Mm -hmm. a lot of our families that I work with uh, do struggle financially. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my clients that see me in the clinic, they do come in, they pay through insurance, but those that do see me outside of the clinic for my life coaching pay out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And so for some people, it is a financial stressor to have to worry about mental health and finances and living and taking care of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And for other people, It's still an issue, but it's not as profound as it is in some communities. Mm -hmm. So financial uh, issues do come up a lot in the work that I do, and I'm glad to be here talking about that today because it's a perspective that people have, um, and that perspective leads to either wealth or or poverty. Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. And so talk to us about psychotherapy. So for those who may not know, like myself, what (laughs) is exactly psychotherapy?
3: I'm glad that you asked that because I have this conversation often. Psychotherapy is the practice of listening to people on a deeper level Mm -hmm. to help them uncover things that they may not be aware of in their day-to-day interactions with others. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people come to see me because there's some type of maladaptive behaviors. Mm -hmm. So that would include people who are working like me and you, but maybe they are not sleeping well Mm. or they're struggling with managing their finances. Some people are raising a family and going to school and working full time Mm. and their stress level is pretty high. So they're irritable. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not doing well in some aspects of their lives, maybe at work and or in school. So people come to me and they sit down and they talk about some of those issues and I help them to understand better some of the underlying symptoms that's associated with the problems that they're experiencing in real time, um, and we work through a lot of issues, and we help them to develop some skills and some tools, but we definitely do a lot of understanding the meaning behind some of the symptoms and the purpose in which it drives behavior, Mm. so it's really talking out some of the underlying things that are going on and dealing with the unconscious.
2: Wow. So, uh, you know, you speak about the mind and behavior. How does that play into effect with your finances specifically? How does your mental health affect your prosperity or your poverty level that you experience? Well,
3: one of the things I'd like to address is the legacy of prosperity. Mm-hmm. And we come through the legacy of our parents and our grandparents in understanding how money is to be used. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what people misinterpret about money is the way in which it could be used to bring about other resources. Mm. So there are more affluent communities, for example, where money is used as a resource to obtain other resources. Mm. And then in more impoverished and more disadvantaged communities, money is used as a a dispensable entity that people think is... um, it's supposed to be used just for day-to-day things, not to grow their wealth, not Mm. to grow their money, not to have a legacy that you leave behind for your kids to build on. So whereas in more affluent communities, they use money to obtain more wealth, housing, property, investments long-term mm. because that builds the legacy of family that they're going to leave behind, a family history that they're going to leave behind. In other communities, more, more disadvantaged communities, it's used as a way to just get by, a means to an end. And most of the times it's in short-term end. What we want to have is a discussion around how money, whether you have a lot or a little, Mm -hmm. can be used to build prosperity over time and not to use as a dispensable means to get something short term like Mm -hmm. clothes and shoes Mm -hmm. and cars and things that don't actually earn investment off of, but things that are dispensable. And and we see that all the time.
2: Wow, that brings so much clarity.
1: No, absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, I know the history of our people. And I mean, black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where we were taken from our homeland. And in that process, we were forced to, you know, slavery, right? We were enslaved. Let me just say what yes. it is, right? Yes. We were enslaved. And then after the enslavement, quote unquote, was, you know, stopped, we then and even during there were folks who were in the process of uh, creating wealth and and there were times even after slavery where uh, you know our people created wealth for ourselves and legacy building things of that nature but then they were violently taken away right so when you think about the migration north which was a big wealth transfer for a lot of us and a lot a lot of folks don't realize that mm-hmm. when the KKK was terrorizing black folks and there was a big migration north, a lot of the folks, the free black slaves who had land and property mm-hmm. and businesses, they had to leave those and start from scratch. And then you you, you and, I, and I could go on and on about the history, but you have Jim Crow, you have uh, reconstruction. You have all these things that were violent ways of removing us from wealth accumulation. How much does that play? on us from a psychological standpoint of now where we don't have necessarily there's some barriers but the barriers that were legally sanctioned barriers all these things are not necessarily in place and we are freer now to be able to build the wealth but we're not doing that but how much does our past and what we've been through psychologically how much does that play into some of our inability to build wealth
3: I think that's a a great Mm -hmm. um, premise to start from. So when you talk about, again, legacy of wealth building and, and the things that have been taken from communities that have been uh, impoverished and traumatized over time, it's a part of a traumatization of a group of people that reoccurs generation after generation. And when we talk about the people who migrated north in the communities in which even you and I live in now, we talk about you know Harlem or we talk about Brooklyn and other boroughs where we know there were strong congregations of people of color that did well during the Harlem Renaissance period. Mm-hmm. And we think about when there were black doctors and nurses and black businesses, and people had wealth in the family when there was another migration south people also left behind value in the community mm-hmm. for other communities to come in and take over. Mm-hmm. And then it caused a generational pattern of people losing wealth in their families. And so we're seeing now new transplants come in. They calling themselves the New Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to build a prosperous lifestyle. But again, it's a facade of a lifestyle that's not leaving legacy when wealth building in the communities in which we live. Mm-hmm. So it has impacted the way psychologically people think of money and people think of wealth building. And what it has done is it's it's deeply impacted the way, and I think it's crippled people's understanding of money as a resource. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we don't see money as a resource, we misinterpret the way money is used. So we can easily go into stores and purchase things that do not benefit or reap benefits over time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it has a short-term value on it but when we look at what is this money that I'm using or what is the money that I'm getting from working going to do over time? How can I invest that and build upon that so eventually I leave for the future? Then it changes the way we think. When we have young black and brown men who are dying at 25 and 30 years old, they don't see long-term benefits of anything because they don't mm-hmm. think they're going to be here to reap those benefits or have children that will reap those benefits. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a, a self me centered type of thinking mm-hmm. and not a we communal legacy building thinking mm-hmm. Wow
2: mm-hmm. And, so. and how would you how would one go about renewing their mind to that concept um, especially when certain things are fed to you or, or not shown to you growing up? how do you what are the resources number one mm-hmm. and how do you really transform your thinking?
3: I know kids now that are in school that are getting lessons early in math on financial wealth building, how to open up a bank account and a savings account and how to write checks for the first time. So when we think about what are your kids gonna do for the summer? Summer's just wrapped up, kids are starting school next week. Well, some of the things we can be looking into are free and low-cost summer programs for kids that build on financial wealth building. Mm-hmm. How do we use our money? How do we invest our money? I know a young lady who's 16 years old that started an organization that helps kids in the community open up bank accounts nice. and teaches them how to take what little investment you may get and put it into some you know savings program, some money-earning program, some money market. We have to teach our own children, and mm-hmm. we have to go and ask for people in the community that – are in the financial market, in the business world, to come back and do speaking engagements to our schools. If Mm -hmm. we're a parent, for example, and we're on a student parent board, we should be requesting and requiring our school systems to have people come into the school and do free workshops for our school children. We're paying taxes for our kids to go to schools in the neighborhood in which we live we should be reprimanding schools that don't give our kids the resources that we need, and then ultimately, it's up to us as the adults to teach that. And if we do not know it, it's our responsibility to go out and find out.
1: Mm. And then, and then that's a good point, right? About the adults, and 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 this is a, I guess, a follow-up question to that. What happens though when you do have folks going to the schools and teaching the kids, but then when they go home, they now are under the rule of their parents because I know, uh, specifically I've done workshops at schools and and talk to the kids specifically. I mean, there was even uh, a school in Harlem that the kids were getting stipends and getting money. And so the school said, Hey, we need you to, you know, these kids have this money that they've never had before. We need you to come in, talk to them about financial literacy. I would go in, I would do the workshop, but then the faculty would say, listen, um, it's a bigger issue, though, because mm-hmm. the the parents are fighting for the money. The parents are taking the money. So how do you renew the minds of not only the children, because I definitely know it starts with the children, but also as a community as well, because mm-hmm. the parents, uh, you know, if I'm helping one, but then they go and, you know, it's being the, the help is being undone mm-hmm. by their parents. So how, how do you address that as well?
3: I would say it's really the reverse. It really starts with the parents and goes down to the children. Children Mm -hmm. don't grow up in a bubble. They learn from their parents. So it goes back again to the understanding of how we interpret money. Mm -hmm. And kids, I found, that grow up in households that do not respect money, Mm -hmm. grow up to become adults who do not respect Mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. So money, again, is a dispensable object that we use at our leisure and not as a tool for a resource to gain wealth. Um, And what our understanding or misunderstanding of wealth, wealth is not having a couple hundred dollars in your pocket Mm -hmm. and wearing two or six hundred dollar Jordans on your feet. Wealth Mm -hmm. is about how much money do you have in investments and and can that money recreate itself over time? Um, Can you have property that you can leave and use as an asset that is a benefit to not only you, but your family long term? Mm -hmm. Um, Where is the property located? How many properties do you own? So we don't need to just look at children from the perspective of we go in the school and we think we can teach them alone and then it ends and begins there that's a great way to integrate the mindset of what we want them to to eventually pick up and become uh, as part of a habit. But I think what you're saying is a a real issue in many communities. If parents don't respect and understand money as a value um, and they don't put a value on money as a resource for their children to understand it as such, then it it undoes all the great work people like you, Ash, Mm -hmm. do in Mm -hmm. the school system. So are the parents then interested in coming into the school themselves? Because Mm -hmm. if parents don't have financial literacy they sure can't teach it to their children. Right, right. Um, and we're, if we're going into communities like we still have communities in Harlem that are very disadvantaged, very impoverished, and it's an impoverished mindset. Mm. It's not just mm-hmm. an impoverished lifestyle, but it's an impoverished mindset. It's a question of do I think I deserve mm. to have wealth? Mm. And that's, again, going back to post-traumatic stress. Do I think that I'm worthy to be wealthy? do mm-hmm. I think that my children will be here long enough to earn and reap the benefits off of what I've sown? Wow. And if we don't have that thinking change, it will continue to reap the the, the what we've seen already. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I was reading something not too long ago that says, you know, in some more affluent communities, it takes one generation to get out of poverty. But in mm-hmm. black and brown communities, it takes three. Can you imagine wow. 75 wow. years for people of color to get out of poverty wow. in their family? Mm. I mean, we're talking about... People coming and going, generation after generation, and never getting out of the rut of being poor. Mm. So whether you move north or south, you're carrying poverty with you. Wow! Yeah, it's money,
1: but- All right, so we're gonna take a quick <laughs> break, uh, and we'll be back. This is Ash Cash and Mr. Sheba Jones, the Ash Cash Show.
0: You're now tuned in to the Financial Motivator himself, Ash Cash, Mr. Mind Right Money Right. Money Right.
1: We are back to Ash Cash Show every Sunday, one p.m. WHCR ninety point three. FM New York. The Voice of Harlem. The Voice of Harlem As Ash Cash and Mrs. Sheba Jones, and we have Miss Asha Tari, licensed life coach, psychotherapist in the building, dropping some some, some jewels. Yes. I kind of feel like I owe her money now, yes, because she, you know, because normally someone gets this information. And matter of fact, y'all owe her money too. Matter <laughs> of fact, don't worry,
2: I will be invoicing. That's it, that's it.
1: That's
2: it. Definitely. We actually wanted to talk about wealth loss. You know, oftentimes you find things about how to gain wealth, but let's speak about how not to lose it. Um, do you have any examples of experiences? that you've had with that?
3: Yes. So thanks for asking that question. I used to work with a young lady who um, had inherited wealth Mm. and was also building on her own wealth and she was manic. Um, We were just talking a few minutes ago about what is mania. So mania is a a hyper-excitable state Um, where chemicals in the brain are affected and it then impairs your judgment, your sleep, your eating habits. So for example, someone with mania will believe that they don't need sleep Mm -hmm. and can actually survive for several days without sleep. Uh, Their energy level is extremely high. They may not even feel that they need to eat. They feel like it's that though they can live just above any means that they are superhuman almost in terms of the way they feel. And they actually have reported, people that I've seen, that it's a really good feeling Mm. because you have so much energy. um, You think that you're invincible. And oftentimes during those periods of mania, and there's hypo periods of mania too, where you're manic for a couple of days as opposed to manic for several weeks. And a good example would be Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was on that right. high for so long and, and there were other chemicals involved in terms of substances, allegedly, that he was using. But remember how he presented where his face just looked like it was on fire and he mm-hmm. was so energized and he was talking really fast and he was busy. He thought he was like superhuman, you know, in terms of the, the way he presented to the world. Mm-hmm. Winning, That's how, winning. That winning. <laughs> I'm mean, winning. Remember that? Yep, yep. So when people are a manic, their judgment is severely impaired. And so this woman that I was treating, she had inherited wealth, she had money in the bank, and she went into a psychological break and became manic, and she went shopping and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars that she had saved up on just... Nonsense. Wow. You know, clothes and shoes and jewelry and makeup. And she was planning on going on some trips. And during that time, you're not even aware of how much wow. you're spending. You just think that it's going to continue to come in. And by the time she had finished, she had spent, I would say, a few hundred thousand dollars in about seven days. Wow. Mm. And when she wasn't aware that she was manic at the time, um, eventually that period breaks And sometimes people dip into a deep depression, but Mm -hmm. she had to see a provider. I was doing some other work with her temporarily, but she had lost so much money in that period of time that she couldn't get it back. She wasn't able to go to work because she dipped into a depression um, and she eventually was hospitalized for a short period of time. So when we talk about the way, you know, people sometimes in mental breaks lose the money that they've gained, that's one example of how that's done. Because they're not even aware. Their judgment is so impaired. They're not even aware of what's going on at the time Mm -hmm. because they believe that they're on top of the world. They're
2: going to live forever. Wow. 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 And it's interesting that it really is the mind, whether you have a lot or whether you have a little. Because if you have a lot and your mind isn't right, you can lose it all. And if you have a little, if your mind is right, you can gain more. So that's a very interesting perspective because I think sometimes we talk about poverty, but there is this other level where people have a lot of money and and how they manage it determines their future as well.
1: Right, right. And then I, I wanted to ask something as well, right? Because I, I, I've seen this a lot where people who, let's say, were able to amass a, a wealth or riches or, mm-hmm. or, or get out of poverty... Um, and then something happens, right? Something happens where uh, they lose this money, uh, and, and maybe it's not from them gambling. Where you know, maybe it's from um, they, they lost a job, maybe they lost a contract, maybe something happened. Uh, there was a shift in the business. We, we saw this mm-hmm. two thousand eight, two thousand nine, with the the Great Recession, mm-hmm. um, and you lose it all. How can how can your your mind or psychology uh, play into you? gaining it back because sometimes, you know, I've seen people where I remember like this person was like on top of the world, confident and they, nothing could stop them. And then something traumatic happens. And then now you're looking and you're like, is this the same person? So, Mm. you know, how does that play into, to the, to the wealth accumulation or lack of wealth accumulation?
3: That's talking about self-concept. And I speak to people all the time in my own coaching practice about how do you see yourself? So white successful men on wall street see themselves as powerful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they see themselves as some form of a broker between the outside business world and who they are and the, the Mm -hmm. the access of wealth, the influence of wealth and how it's used. So you can be a wealthy person and have very little power. You can be a very powerful person and have very little money. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really about how you use your power and how you use your money. And if you, as a person see yourself as, as this affluent influential person, then you may be able to understand how you lost it and be able to then get back to a place to get it back. And you don't see yourself tied to the position that attained the money, but you see yourself as an able-bodied person that can once become successful again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you see yourself as this person who's tied to an identity that money is attached to, that's when you often see these people who are jumping off buildings, Mm -hmm. uh, off rivers, and, and off into the river because they think that, Everything they've lost, not only accumulation of wealth and money, but also their identity. Mm. Wow. And that they no longer have an identity because people think, like you said, that they're somehow on top of everything and they cannot fail. Right. And mm. there are so many books out there about, you know, that accumulation of wealth and how to grow your wealth. And when I talk to people that I coach for small business entrepreneurs, and for that example, I talk to people about, you know, diversifying your portfolio. And how is that going to be for you in the long run? So when you think about gaining things, you know, practicing certain things to, to not only become successful, but also positioning yourself so that you are then called upon like here as an expert, or you're called upon to do something like give back, eventually become, you know, a philanthropist. Maybe you have to position yourself where the money is always going to be coming in and Mm -hmm. you have to be creative in that way. Nowadays, There's so many tools for us that we can use that are free that help us to be positioned to be called upon to be that person that we see as an expert in that field. But if you think that money is never going to be lost as a result of success, then you're living a fallacy. Mm. Because anybody who's been successful knows that there are ups and downs, there's highs and lows with success. There are times where you're gonna be the person that everyone wants to seek out for help, and there are times where you're gonna be the person in the corner still trying to figure out how to do the next thing to gain access to wealth growing. So when I think about your question, it's really about positioning yourself to understand your skills and how you value those skills, that have leveraged you before to become successful again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes a lot of mental acuity. Yep. Uh, it's a mental aerobic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to put, also put people in your life that can equip you to not only be successful, but keep you balanced and understand that don't attach yourself to the identity of money and riches and wealth. Mm-hmm. Attach yourself to the skills and the values that you have to gain wealth affluence, influence, and all that type of thing. Um, and that'll be a different kind of way of living your life than attaching yourself to this identity.
2: It's like seeing yourself as a resource. Right. Exactly. Like You know, just like everything else that, you know, money can... Girl, you're teaching me. You're teaching.
1: You're <laughs> teaching. All right, we so we're going we're, we're, right? we're to take a quick music break. And then when we come back, we have the Ask Ash Cash section of the show. If you have any questions, listen... She charges a grip an hour. <laughs> so listen, and we
2: also are going to talk about special projects that you have. That Absolutely.
1: So 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 listen, we have the ask-ash-cash section of the show. So this this is going to be a special ask-ash-cash. So you're not going to ask the ash-cash, you're going to mm-hmm. ask Ask Asha. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick uh, break. And when we come back, if you have a question, uh call 212-650-6903. If you don't have a question, I actually have a question. I'm taking full advantage. So <laughs> we'll be back to Ash Cash Show with Ash Cash and Mr. Shiba Jones. Welcome
0: to Ask Ash Cash. You have questions, he has an answer. Ask Ash Cash
1: cannot get out of debt is this a good time, a good to, time,
0: buy a time buy a to buy a house what's
3: a good credit score It's a 401k
0: yo
1: who's down joe, 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 joe. since we don't have any callers i have a question right <laughs> so you talked about earlier about like diversifying your portfolio and when you said that it immediately kind of kind of sparked the idea or thought process in my head so for me i've been able you know i've been blessed right so i grew up in a, in the projects in in, in nyc um, i was able to you know single parent home no, low income but at an early age, I've always been a hustler, always kind of knew in order to get anything, I had to get out and get it myself. Um, I've been up and I've been down. So, But but because I don't really have an attachment, that identity to money, money doesn't identify me because at the end of the day, I, I know both sides of the coin. I know what it is to have no money. I know what it is to have a lot of money. So I just kind of look at it as, as my experience. I have a rich experience because I know those waves and because... It seems like to me, because of my lack of care, so I don't really take money that serious. Um, And I'm not saying I don't do responsible things with it, but I don't, you know, it's not my end all be all. And because of that, I kind of feel like I attract a lot of opportunities. So talk to me, what's your thoughts on that? Is that a good psychology to have? I'm putting my feet up now,
3: guys. <laughs> He's about to get billed about 5.2 seconds. <laughs> um, no, that's a great point. And, and what I would like to do is also change the language mm-hmm. because this is what I work on with my clients when I coach small business entrepreneurs. And even when I have people that come to see me for lifestyle coaching, it's about the language as well as our mentality when we think about money and finances. So the way we talk about how we don't care is the way we treat money mm-hmm. and when we don't care about the use of money then we're careless with our money mm. and so I, I grew up as well in a family that were you know from poor neighborhoods poor upbringings and it has different impacts on different people so to give you a prime example i know a woman who's quite successful she's ne- now retired and she worked about 30 years in her industry but she grew up in the south in a family full of you know children two-parent household They had a farm. They also owned their farm. So they were sharecroppers. And they grew up with so many people in the family that they had very little resources that they had to also share. Now, some people in that same family grew up to still have an impoverished mindset and stayed poor. Mm. She grew up to see money as a resource to grow her wealth. But she also uses money sometimes in a very irresponsible way. So that looks like when you go to people's houses and they have things everywhere (laughs) and they have to buy something Mm. no matter what when they go out. And they try to encourage you to buy something as well because the way they understand money is that I was once poor, I will never be poor again. Mm. So now that I have attained money, I will use it and, and get whatever mm. I need and want because it's filling a void mm. that because they lacked mm. early in life, they will never lack again. But at the same time, they see it as, well, because I can, therefore I will.
1: Mm. Oh, wait. So now so now this is where I, I cut eye contact, whatever, because <laughs> I'm like, wait. I think I do that sometimes.
3: <laughs> and, and I would like to say that this does tie back to communities of color because mm-hmm. so many communities of color grow up in impoverished environments that when they do acquire anything, Mm -hmm. they're so quick to then get things that reflect the identity of wealth. Yes things that we can buy that, again, do not have a turnover rate of investment, Mm -hmm. but that at the end of the day, it looks like on the outside that you're wealthy, that you have things. Mm -hmm. You want to
2: obtain that persona mm -hmm. versus walking and knowing that whether I have this material possession or not, I am wealthy.
3: Exactly. And it goes back to our earlier conversation that money is a tool, and for people who understand that, Mm -hmm. they use it as a tool to acquire more resources that earn things over time. Mm -hmm. But when we look at money as something that is that because we have it, we should use it. Mm-hmm. it. It really changes the way that you understand the purpose and the value of money. And when we grow up in households where money is not valued as a way to acquire a means to an end that has dividends over time, mm-hmm. then we use it irresponsibly. We use it carelessly. And then we teach our children in the action of that that money is not valuable.
2: Mm. Mm. Good Man. stuff. I, good stuff and it, one one thing that i am hearing is that wealth is not in the money the money is just a, a, tool, a tool to yep. build the wealth, which is the property, which are, you know, the investments, etc. Other
3: resources, and I'm yeah. glad you touched on that because that is the message here. Mm-hmm. That wealth again is not just money. Wealth is also assets. It's yes. asset building. You know, you had talked off the line about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not the amount that's attached to his wealth, mm-hmm. but he has assets that amount to that much. Mm. And on the outside looking in, the difference between you know, someone who looks to be relevant wealthy and someone who doesn't is that people who are wealthy don't talk about how much money they earn Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. They don't talk about how much cash they have in their back pocket. But they're doing things that while they're sitting here talking to you and me, money is being Mm -hmm. earned and generated at the same time. Or things are growing in value over time and that's mm-hmm. the
1: wealth mentality that's the
3: wealth mentality
2: that's prosperity building mm. definitely and that's a perfect segue into i need more money look i want to change that to i need wealth
1: yep, yep, yep. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> show me how to become wealthy um but since we have already been using that term i need more money i wanted to speak about the money mentality of a wealthy person um and i'm sure you have uh, a, a wealth of knowledge on that topic so what is the paradigm of a wealthy person
3: I think that's going to be multiple because we talk to different people. I talk to different people who are wealthy, people who have gained wealth, and people who have inherited wealth. Um, And, again, I think it starts with understanding that money is uh, a a means to both a short and a long-term ends, but it's the way in which you use it, and you have to use it responsibly Um, because you have money in your pocket does not mean you need to use it. Mm -hmm. If you are not hungry or thirsty, there's no reason that you have to go out and buy something to eat or drink. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are not suffering with you know, a lack of clothing and shoes. You don't have to go mm. shopping. Retail therapy is something we came up with mm. to make us feel better when we're not happy in the. Also, moment that's not official. <laughs> like, there's no such thing
1: as you know. Because I was going to look for a guest on retail therapy next. We had <laughs> no, psychotherapy. Yeah, there's
0: no real no. therapy. You know. Wow. Well,
1: and well. so
3: people are using that because it's a way to excuse the behavior mm-hmm. that we're spending and overspending that gets us in trouble. And when we think about debt, which we didn't really touch that much on, people are going into debt or for retail therapy because they're trying to fill a void someplace else. Mm -hmm. So psychologically, they're not dealing with what's happening. And when you, again, go back to the question about a a wealthy mind, it's, again, about understanding that there are things that sometimes you have to wait for. And that's a big thing I do when I meet with families and children, that Mm -hmm. there's this idea sometimes that parents want to give their kids everything because they grew up with nothing. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you're teaching kids the misvalue of money. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we have to reassign our thinking in a different kind of way because you will not die if you don't get that new sneaker, mm-hmm. that, that new pair of sneakers, that yes. new toy, that new electronic gadget. Mm-hmm. You will live through it.
1: Yes. And then so what are some things, because, you know, the the hour can go I by. I am We here to have here you like, back. <laughs> exactly. We need a part two. But yes. what are some things that, that you're currently working on?
3: So some of the projects I'm working on, I have an online support group coming up for people who are living with anxiety and depression. Mm. And I know a lot of us who, again, um, are going through financial hardships and we're in a crunch time. Money is very important. People are anxious about it. Mm-hmm. And so I do have an online support group for adults that are looking to be a part of a skills building training. So I'm going to help teach you skills to cope with anxiety and depression. Um, and It's online. I've done a screening for it. But if you're still interested, you can follow up with me through my website, which is www bhconsultingservices.net or follow me on Ashatari on Twitter or Ashatari Mental on IG and Ashatari as well on Facebook so that you can find out more about the group and if you need to reach out to me for small business coaching or lifestyle coaching don't hesitate to contact me mm-hmm. all my services start with a free consultation.
1: Nice, 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 nice. And
2: we would say you know how are we going to change the world. I think we did a really
1: yeah, good job no, today. No, we absolutely. changed the, we Change we the,
2: the language, change yeah. your mind, change the behavior. Yes. Absolutely. Yes,
1: that's
2: perfect.
3: All right,
1: Ms. Jones waking <laughs> the people find you
2: to Shima all of my social media and contact information can be found there
1: and at first before I tell people where they can find they know where they can find me but round of applause yes. for Miss Asha Terry you <laughs> yes, know thank yes, you yes, so yes. much it was like definitely refreshing yes. definitely you know something that that, that we need That's to hear necessary. more of so you know round of applause <laughs> for you but I am Ash Cash make sure you visit me I am Ash Cash.com become my friend on Facebook Facebook.com slash I Cash follow me on Twitter Twitter.com slash I Ash Cash. And I'm on Instagram too. Instagram.com slash I am Ash Cash. Till next week, same time, same
0: place. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show, your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right.